Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. First Samuel chapter 30, thanks to everybody who's a part of this. Love and appreciate you so much. I got to be honest, I kind of like preaching behind Yeti, Gatorade, and Snickers. I, I, I must also tell you it's slightly distracting for me from this, from this angle. Praise God. Verse 1. It came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag, Brother Trano started our service with this, on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. They burned it down and taken the women captives that were therein. David and his men were off with the Philistines out at the time of war trying to connect with them. They were sent away and they came back. They had not only, the Amalekites had not only burned Ziklag, which that's a bad day, but they had taken the wives, slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away. That's important. That they didn't kill them, they took them. Even the enemy saw value in the family. Ooh, that preach right there, boy. That, that right there. So David and his men come to the city and behold it was burned with fire their wives their sons their daughters were taken captives jump down to verse 8 we're going to jump over the part where David's men were ready to kill him David inquired at the Lord saying shall I pursue after this troop shall I overtake them he answered him Pursue. I preached a message, pursue, some time ago. For thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. So David went. He and the 600 men that were with him, they came to the brook Besor, where those that were left behind stayed. It seems odd until you keep reading. David pursued. He and 400 men. For 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook. 600 guys take off, but they get no farther than the brook, and 200 of them stay there. Heading after the Amalekites, and you lose one-third of your fighters. That's a tough loss. That's a pretty rough moment for old David. Uh, I want to preach for just a little while this morning to our men especially, and I'm going to let our wives and any students, children, young people that are in here, I want you to listen in and I want you to help me preach. I want to talk about fueling up today and, and, and uh, we're, going to, we're going to do it. We, we need the help of God, men. Hey, I, I believe we need manly men. I, I think we need godly fathers. Turn to, 
Let's do this. If you're, if you're not a dad, you can sit down. If you are a dad, you got to stay standing. <clears throat> Some of you guys hate this, but don't worry. There's hundreds of people in here. You're not isolated. Here's what I want you to do, though, before you're seated. I want you to find two or three other dads around you and tell them it's time to fuel up. You need to fuel up. Fuel up. Fuel up. <clears throat> Fuel up. It's one of the most vivid memories of my early childhood. And I'm glad they're here for me to tell it. <laughs> Do you remember what city we were in in that big old van? I see my mom's face. She knows where I'm going. I'll be whipped for this later, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> we were in a long, we were on a long journey in that van. We talked last night. We listened to a lot of Ray Stevens in that van. <laughs> the day the squirrel went berserk. First time I ever met James Wilson, who preached here a couple weeks. He's from Pascagoula, Mississippi. We were sitting in a car the first time I asked him where he was from. And he told me, Pascagoula. I said, where the squirrel went berserk? <laughs> he kind of laughed one of those annoyed laughs. But I thought it was funny. Uh, I don't remember what city we were in, but we did a lot of long journeys, Texas to Illinois, back and forth in that van, and we were in a long late night where several of us were sleeping, and Dad, I think you told her to get gas. Am I right? You told her to fuel up in my... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I, uh, I'm really going to be in trouble for this. They'll never want to come get... I just remember running out of fuel on the side of the road, waking up, there's, be honest, how many of you have you ever ran out of fuel on the side of the road? Raise your hand, come on, you lie, you fry, be honest. <laughs> you knew, some of you are those people that when the, when the gas light comes on, that's like the adrenaline kick you've been looking for. You, you just, you got, I see people pointing at spouses right now, like, you're preaching, you're in the spirit. I'm, Gas line is just the beginning of, the gas light's the beginning of negotiation, right? Some of you have it down to the mile. How many know how many miles you can go when your gas light turns on? For the sake of your vehicle, fuel up. <laughs> but we ran out of gas on the side of the road. It became an interesting moment, and I'll save some of the commentary that did occur. Uh, I, uh, I, I know that in a moment like that, it's fun to point blame whose fault it was. And it doesn't matter in that, ma in that moment. All that matters is we had a gas. It's a problem. It, it's, it's a hiking situation. And it was the middle of the night. It often seems like when you run out of gas, when you run out of fuel, it is the least opportune time possible no one ever runs out of fuel and it's, it's not a big deal it's always when you're already almost late for something you're on your way but you're not quite there 
well, running low on fuel is a problem. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to dive into this story here just a little bit from 1 Samuel chapter 30 talking to you about this fuel concept because Brother Trano, where's Brother Trano? We didn't talk about this. I didn't tell you to get up and open with this story. Got up and started talking about Ziklag. I had asked a few guys to stay behind in the boardroom because I wanted to talk to him about this text, this message. And, and when I was walking in, he was talking about Ziklag. And I thought, all right, Lord. He's talking about the Amalekites. And, and what did they do? They pursued. They went after to recover. That is an awesome story. Can I tell you that I, I love preaching. I've got to preach for a long time now. And if I just wanted to preach, Brother Clymer, about pursuing, buddy, I feel like I could. That's fun preaching. Brother Gwaltney, I'd probably do a few leg kicks. Work through. Because they did pursue. That's a great message. My problem is with the 200 jokers. If I'm David, my problem is with the guys who were too weary for recovery. How do I leave with 600 guys? We're not talking about a small issue. Brother Tip Sword, since you won a prize, <laughs> which one did you get? Man. That's a good one. They said I couldn't enter the drawing. I tried. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If I'm David... I got 600 guys and you're one of those 200. I feel like I've got to remind you, have you forgot what we're trying to recover? It's not as though the need wasn't great. They've come home. I won't take long here, but imagine this. Try to turn your mind into the movie of the text for a moment. And they've come home and as they are returning... Their houses are smoldering. Their wives are gone. Their children have been taken. Brother Fridley, I don't know a guy I like that wouldn't be ready to whip somebody. Those of you that are like, I don't know. I, I, I don't. You and me, we... It's going to be a struggle. Because I'm trying to be holy. But I got enough fight in me that if I'd have showed up and you burnt my house, you took my girl, and you mess with my kids. Let's take those one at a time. <laughs> if I show up in your egg in my house. Oh, some of y'all don't want to talk. You don't want to act real today. You... I show up in your egg in my house. You're going to see how fast I can run. Up. I will bust an egg on your head. Any guys be honest in here right now? I sh I show up in your TP in my house. You're going to look like a mummy by the time this is done. 
How about this? Any of you guys still fight for your girl? Walk into a restaurant and somebody say something to your wife? The problem is some of us have been married so long we stopped dating. You used to be jealous over her. Oh, I feel like preaching a little bit right there. You know, she don't want to admit it, but she likes when it bothers you. If You know you do, girls. I'm going to get in your business right now. He, it's okay with you that every now and then he's a little jealous. Now, you don't want him to be weird jealous. Guys, you don't get to put a tracker on her and stuff like that and be creepy, okay? But another guy notices her. It ought something in you ought to be like, that's my girl. That's my Come on, that's my wife. It's my wife. And if you think you're messing with my wife, I take the coat off. I take it off. Come on, men. We ought to act like men. If you don't like this, you don't, I, I can't help it. Men ought to be men. You don't have to be a cussing, drinking fool to be a man. You don't have to be a snorting, smoking goofball. No, no. But you ought to be a Holy Ghost-filled man that can square your shoulders and say, hell is not taking my, hell is not taking my home. Hell is not taking my girl. Hell is not taking my kids. Jared Turner got up here, did prayer. Maybe one of the nicest guys I know. But let somebody do something to Sage, and I see how nice you are. You wait until your little girl's in the youth group. Oh, I feel something stirring. It's bubbling. It's bubbling. It's bubbling. It's bubbling. Moment she walks in, and you watch some little boy go. follow her with his eyes and you stand there until he sees you <laughs> will you I bet you will come knock on the door pastor I know we're not supposed to kill anybody but I want to ask I've inquired of the Lord imagine that David goes to the Lord and prays you know how I know God likes dads? God said go. He said go. Pursue boy. Get on with it. I got no problem with that. My problem, Brother Losh, is the 200 dudes. I, I, I don't think so. I don't. <laughs> David, I'm tired. <laughs> what? Now, listen. Had it been five or ten, we probably wouldn't have a message. There's going to be five or ten. There's going to be people with a bad knee, right? Be people pulling out all their excuses, right? <laughs> I'm afraid to say any excuses <laughs> lest people in here be like I knew he was talking about me I knew he was talking. 
But it feels, I, I, I might be wrong, but Ben, it feels like peer pressure gave. You don't just have 200 guys. But once a few guys started saying, man, I don't know. I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm exhausted, Brother Cole. Hey, what if we just, what if we just hung out? What if we just stayed here? And word began to spread. How it, that baffles me. Five turns into 10, 10 turns into 20, 20 turns into 50, 50 turns into a. And he looks back and 200 got a third have stopped because they were passionate. They just were not prepared. They had energy, just not endurance. They wanted to see their family saved. They just did not prepare to see it occur. Who I feel like preaching right now. I want my family to be saved. I just don't have enough fight in me to make it happen. Now the story turns out great, but the tale itself is tragic. I heard Brother Graham preach from this text one time. He talks about at the moment of recovery, Brother Vite, when those men begin to come. He tells it from the perspective of the children that are sitting there in the valley with the Amalekites when they begin to come. And he talks about the children of the valley looking for the faces of their father. How tragic it must have been for the children who look at the lined landscape and see the fathers and there's my neighbor and, and there's the one that sits in the pew three, three pews away and there's the one who, who oh, there's John's dad and, and there's Tim's dad. Where's my dad? God forbid we set in an hour that has needed men to be men and fathers to be fathers like never before and we're laying at the brook while other men fight on our behalf. Now listen, to our elders that might not have a lot of strength left, to our wounded that might not have the same amount of tenacity, I've got good news for you. You don't have to be able to run an aisle to fight this battle. You don't have to be able to carry a heavy load, but if you will join us in prayerful pursuit, you, you can be a part of this. Everybody repeat after me, they were exhausted. Brother Lopez, they were exhausted. They're barely going to get past the brook before they find that Egyptian slave that is in the field. He is actually the image of what they are dealing with. He is left for dead by an Egyptian master because he is without sleep, he is without food, he is without water. They begin to feed him, they begin to give him water, and all of a sudden he feels well again. It was not that he did not have the ability, it was that he did not have the nutrition. I'm going to touch something that's not going to be fun preaching so I don't expect any clapping but I'm going to talk about it too we not only need to be prayerful we not only need to be spiritual we need to work on our health I know that's nerve wracking I understand that here but fathers we need to try to be healthy enough we need to be healthy enough that we can stay with 
our families and pursue after our families. Take it as you will, whether you want it to be physical health or spiritual health, because I'm going to tell you we need both. Yes, we do. We need both. We need both. We need men of God who refuse. I'm telling you, refuse to give up on our families. Brother Watkins, I don't care how tired you get. Here's how I feel about you. I don't care how tired you, feel, you get. I don't care how weary you get. Let somebody come against Elizabeth. Hmm. I, that's about the look I'd get right there. I bet. Right? Somebody come against one of your kids. Come on, parents. Anybody in here ever been ready to kill your own kid? You ever been ready? Well, Shonk, you ever been ready? You ever thought, you're never making it. You're never making it past the day. You've had a good life, but this is it. This is it. You're done. You ever felt like killing And here's the truth. You feel like killing them. But in the same day, let somebody else do something to them. You could be ready to. I'd be ready to destroy. I will kill them. Early life. But let somebody else say something to my kid. What? Oh, say that in the mic. I don't know if we should. Yeah, say that in the I mic. I said rip their head off. What? <laughs> That's amen in a different language. It's a... <laughs> but can I tell you the truth? I'm bothered by dads that wouldn't be like that. I'm bothered by dads that don't have enough Holy Ghost tenacity and enough testosterone to say nobody's messing with my family. Okay, let's get away from the physical for a second and let's jump into the spiritual. Men, we gotta fight for our homes. We gotta fight for our children. We gotta fight for our families. You gotta fuel up. You got to fuel up. 19, what was it? 65. Dr. Cade started as such a humorous story. For any Gators fans in the room, I hate to even give you credit, but they were, they were concerned. These boys out there at practice were losing between eight. One of them lost as much as 18 pounds. Sweating. Pouring. When they first started doing the testing for Gatorade, the initial, the initial test in, in, in 1965, the way that they went after the consistency, now this is gross, but you have to deal with it. Those doctors, those researchers, Brother Marco, they would go into the locker room and gather up those sopping jerseys after their, and they would take them and wring them out. <laughs> I'm not a sweater, so I don't know, but I, I, I <laughs> don't laugh too long. It stings a little. Uh, I, <laughs> they'd wring those out, and they were looking to try to find the amount of sodium that was being lost. So they begin to build this concoction. They begin to work on it, begin to test it out till they would come up with the, the Gatorade, the, the initial one that was, that was developed was so bad, there was no additives, no flavor, no sweetener. Uh, it was so disgusting that when they first drank it, uh, Dr. Cade, he actually threw up. 
was so disgusting. Is that that's not actually going to help, you know, if it takes more out of you than it. He took it to his wife, and his wife began to squeeze lemon juice in it and sweeten it up a little bit, trying to make it something that would be sustainable. Many of you know the story. You've watched it over the years. You've seen the way that Gatorade has developed in that. They, they ended up going from a losing season to an 8-2 and two season, and they attributed it to Gatorade, that it was putting this substance, this scientific development to keep sodium and electrolytes in their, bo- in their body. Gatorade over the years. Here, let me ask you a question. If you are a dad in here that's ever drank Gatorade, would you raise your hand? Yeah, I thought so. If you're a dad and you've never drank Gatorade, I don't know how. I don't know how you've done it. Especially not if you grew up like me. Because when I was growing up, there was a statement that made me want to drink Gatorade. Be like Mike. There is nothing that says good marketing. (laughs) Like a 411 Husky white boy. that grabs a bottle of Gatorade to go play basketball in my sweatpants to be like Mike. (laughs) That's what I was. Gatorade and a donut. That's what I was right there. (laughs) One of their most famous, one of their most famous slogans, and I do love marketing, one of their most famous slogans over time was in the virtue of a question. Is it in you? Oh, that was a great Is it in you? The bottle development has taken quite quite a change over the years. How many remember anybody grew up with the little the little paper pouches? Did anybody have the little paper ones? The little it's like the little box juice, and that was Gatorade. What what a tease that was, right? Show up at a baseball game and and you have the the little one and your friend have the what is that? It's like a Capri Sun. Drink a Capri Sun when you're a kid. You try to drink it. It's like two drinks. It's gone. Brilliant. Brilliant size. Showing up at all those games. Is it in you? Is it in you? Is it in you? And most of you are ahead of me now, but I would love to pull up a lawn chair next to the 200 sitting by the brook and ask them the question, what did you think this was? When you took off running out of Ziklag, because don't you see them? The Bible says all 600. Here they go, take off. But they've only got enough endurance to get to the brook. Men, daddies, please hear me. It's not about whether you start, it's about whether... It's about whether you can finish this thing. I don't want to be guilty... Of being a dad that has all the desire, but none of the preparation. I got passion in me, but no fuel. So I scold my kids about things that I'm not even better than myself. I tell my son to guard his eyes when I refuse to guard my I'm just being real. I'm just, I'm just being real. If I'm going to be a, a daddy that is like God, then I need to consider who I am. 
200 men sat there by that brook, listening to the babbling brook while 400 pursue. And I am glad that the end of the story is recovery. But you watch something happen when those 400 men go, and they do, Brother Trano, recover. When they get back, there is murmuring amongst those men, and they say, no, they're not getting their stuff. We give them their wives. They can have their kids because I don't want to feed them. <laughs> but they ain't getting none of the treasure, none of the stuff. I don't even care if it's an heirloom from their house. They're not getting it back. We fought for it. And David said, now time out. We're not going to do this. We're going to be better than this. Because we're going to show men what we're supposed to be. Can you hear me on this Father's Day? This Father's Day is not about, who's choo about choosing who's better than who. Because guys, we can do it. Can we posture or what? Come on. Be walking through the store and some guy walks by that looks like he just came out of a muscle magazine. How about this one? Somebody comes up and, and I'm about to get every guy in the room. Guy comes up and they, and, they, and they come to grab your arm. Hey, how are you? What do you do? How are you? I'm muscular, that's how I am. <laughs> why what are we doing we're trying to prove ourselves can I tell you something in this room it does not matter what you do if you are not putting the right things inside if you are not putting the right things inside your mind if you're not putting the right things inside your heart if you're not putting the right things inside your spirit if you're not feasting on what is right you will not have the endurance to recover what you're meant to recover okay now i'm going to tell you that there's a bunch of us in this room that are like the 200 that were laid listen I'm, I got to address this. We are like the 200 that were there. And it is only by the grace of God we got our family back. Because we didn't have the strength to fight when it was time for us to fight. There's guys in here. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm telling you the grace of God is that your wife was willing to claw her way through. But I'm going to ask you this question. Now that we've got our families... What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do when we got our faith? I'm not saying, every, Brother Womble, everything ain't perfect. Life is still tough. Brother Hauk, do you ever have any tough days in your life? Brother Duke, do you ever have any tough days? Any? <laughs> I guarantee you. I'm not asking... What, what was it like to lay by Basur? I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't want you to live in the dark season of when you didn't have the strength. But I'm here to ask every daddy in the room, what are we going to do since the grace of God? Huh? Since the grace of God has given us a chance to be. I'm not asking if you have a perfect track record. I'm not asking if you were a jerk during their teenage years. I'm not asking if you spent too much time by Besor or too much time at work or too much time. I'm not asking that. I'm asking what are we going to do with now? 
Yeah, but pastor, you don't understand. I lost a lot of years. I, I lost a lot of days. I lost. You can't do anything about that. But you can do something about you can do something about right now. You can do something about the future. I'm glad they got their wives back. I'm glad they got their kids back. I'm glad they got their stuff back. But I hope they also got a good tongue lashing. The reason you didn't make it needs to be evaluated. And that's what I'm after before I land this plane today. We need to evaluate why we fall short when we do. We need to evaluate why we come up empty when we do. We need to, are we really surprised when we spend more time on ESPN than in the Word when we are spiritually? Come on, guys, I'm talking to the dads and the future dads in the room. If you can quote more stats, you know more about your favorite player than you do Christ. You know every trade on every team and the trade you ought to be concerned with is the trade your family's going through. Man, I feel, I feel a little something. I know it's just kind of Holy Ghost tenacity maybe on me right now. But I'm telling you, I believe that our men need to evaluate. Our daddies need to evaluate and say they might be 30 years old, but they're still my child. It might, there's been a breach in the relationship. I can't do anything about laying at the brook, but I feel like getting a... I feel like getting a fresh prayer life. I feel like getting a fresh feast on the word. I feel like being the dad I've always wanted to be. I can't do anything about the past, but I'm gonna do something about my Because while only 400 men went, 600 men went home with their stuff. 600 men went home with their stuff. What is unread but understood in the text is they walked home with what they had lost to build again. To build. What do you do when your home's been wrecked? You build again. What do you do when your family's been taken and, and you're, 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 everything you thought was your dream was a... I'm going to tell you, everything they thought was a dream in that home, they learned in a reality was not their dream at all when they recognized their wife and their children were gone. When they recognized everything that house had to offer, they recognized there was nothing in that structure that was really their dream at all. It wasn't in the two-car garage. It wasn't in the sweet house. It wasn't in the nice subdivision. It wasn't even in the pool in the backyard. It wasn't in any of that stuff. When they recognized. If you get the promotion but lose your family. I've preached it before. I'll preach it again. There's nothing worth that sacrifice. But they were commissioned. Go home and build. Can you imagine building on smoldering ashes? Can you imagine walking with your wife and kids and walking around and there's still a little bit of still a little bit of haze in the air, still kind of go through the ashes and look at the rubble of what was left. Now in this moment I can either be overwhelmed by what was lost or I can be fresh fueled by what was recovered. Anybody else feel what I feel? Man, I know that I'm I'm the one preaching, but buddy, I feel it here today. I'm telling every dad in the room, every dad in the room, you can be godly. 
You can be righteous and be a man. And be a man. Don't be haughty, be holy. Don't be arrogant, be apostolic. But that does not mean to be less of a man. Real men don't flirt with ladies that aren't their wives. Real men don't shoot texts to people they ain't married to. Real men don't. Real men go after their wives. Real men go after their kids. Real, ki real kids don't demean their own children. Real men don't demean their children. Real, I'm going to say it again. Real men don't demean their children. Don't make fun of their kids. No, they don't. They fight for them. Real men don't... Real men don't verbally assault their wives to make themselves feel better. No, they don't. Real men can love on their wives. Oh, come on. Real men can act like men. Men, it'll mess, mess with you a little bit when she walks in looking good. Come walking in in that dress. Where you been all day? If you don't like that, you can't hang. I, I, that's, that's your problem. That, real men going to notice. Because, because God gave you her. And God gave you them. He hits a little T-ball and barely gets it to the grass in the outfield. And you think he's Babe Ruth. God gave you him. Stand men. Just the men. Just the, just the dads. Just the dads. Sorry, soon to be dads, you'll get your day. For some of you in here, this is a tougher day than others because your dad wasn't good to you. I can't make up for that time. There's no way in one sermon, there's no way in one Father's Day I can make up for the fact that he walked out on you. I can't, I can't deal with the depression of the fact that he died and you've never got over that. I, I, for some of you, you were abused, you were neglected. I, I'm sorry. I, I, and I'm going to tell you, God does care. But your example of a father is a heavenly one. And he is faithful and he is godly and he is a man. Come on. He wants you to be a man. He wants you to be a he wants he wants you to be a guy that lives above reproach. He wants you to be a daddy that leads your wife and leaves your leads your children. Leads them leads them what? Leads them in godliness. I want our dads to come down front. Just walk down front. Don't worry. You won't be you won't be alienated. Every dad's coming. Give me some of these brother John Come and grab some of these guys. We're going to come join me on the platform, Brother John. Give me a couple of these young men, young adult men. We're going to be handing some stuff out. We love you, dads. That's right. We do. Praise God. My wife said, what do you want to give away on Father's Day? I thought, what would I want? Somebody told me, somebody had told me about a commercial and asked me to watch a commercial here a couple of years ago. Snickers started this brand. Some of you know about it before I even, before I even start to talk. And they were, these guys were playing 
playing football and there was one of the guys that looked like a little old lady running around on the, on the field. And every time the ball was thrown, that they were just, she was like throwing a fit. Like, I don't like this. I don't like to be tackled. I don't like to, and all of a sudden somebody hands her Snickers and, and it changes and it's not a little old lady, it's their buddy. And, and, and this ad came up. He said, he said uh, you're not you when you're hungry. Men of God, men of Calvary, fathers. I want you to drink the Gatorade. I want you to eat the Snickers if you want to, whatever. Or just throw it on your dresser if you want to and leave it there. But I want you to remember this. I got to stay full of the Spirit of God. Brother Shank, I don't want to be the one laying by the brook while other guys are trying to recover my kids. Brother Jordan, I don't want to be the one with my feet in the water. Got my toes in the stream. Waiting for some other guy to bring my my boy back by the hand. Dads, would you lift your hands with me right now? I want everybody in the congregation to stretch your hands towards our men, towards towards our daddies. Look how many daddies are in this room right now. Come on, you got a high call. Men, I want you to pray right now. Would you do that? God, help me to be a man. Come on, a man of strength, a man of endurance, a dad. Woo. Come on. Man, some of you need to go ahead and let yourself off the hook for that lost time. You can't get that back. Quit beating yourself up about that. But you can do something about this day forward. You can be the man that God has designed you to be. The dad that God has designed you to be from this day forward. Come on, let some dad say, God, I need you. God, I've got to have your help. I don't want to lose my family. I don't want to lose my wife. I don't want to lose my children. Whether you're, a, whether you're a father of kids less than a year <laughs> or you're a father of a kid who's got kids who's got kids. At every age, we need men that will fight. Probably one of the most amazing things brother Stephen about that scene is I I would have loved to have watched some of the young adult men running next to some of the elder men men of different ages running for recovery let's be men that are full of the spirit and bent on recovery